Okay, guys, here we are, the midweek show this morning, and interest rates on fixed rate mortgages, according to the BBC, has broken the 6% barrier. Are we, are we heading for doom and gloom? Who knows? QVT. Okay, so here we are. Interest rates breaking the 6% barrier on a two-year fixed-rate mortgage. Let's talk about that in a minute. But what will interest rate rises mean for five homeowners and landlords overall? We're going to be discussing that on this midweek show this morning. Uh, a few weeks ago, the Bank of England raised interest rates, the base rates, to 2.25%. And they're expected to be 3.25% by early next year. Um, this increase will make the monthly mortgage payments more expensive for first-time buyers and existing homeowners. And an and, and issue which is dubbed by some of the property experts as the property affordability crunch. We've always got a name for something. Eh? <laughs> it has to the be part The property crunch, the stalemate property market. What's all that about? Eh? Do you think this is just all made up to get headlines? Absolutely, it is. I mean, there's nothing like a strap line to get all the viewers watching, isn't there? Um, and I think that's why these are really great inform informative shows to be sharing, because actually it does give our, our viewers some clarity um, on actually the UK as a whole, but also the Fife market and how it is impacting us directly, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's look yeah. at a bit of perspective here. Um, if I can share my screen um, and to here... Um, where are we? Oh, now we're asking. Uh, can we see that? Yeah, we can see that. If I change that to that one, well, we'll see that as well. No, we won't. Okay, so this is the headline this morning. Uh, we can see here. Apparently, um, the Chancellor is meeting the bank chiefs as mortgage rates soar. And, and apparently, a two-year fixed-rate mortgage is has now breached six percent for the first time in four years and fourteen years. Um, come on, let's be honest. Um, you know. Uh, is, is this just just all headlines? I mean, I saw something the other day which said, oh, the currency is at an all-time all high after two weeks. So, <laughs> so does that, that mean, does that mean if it falls in one day, the currency is at an all-time low in the last 24 hours? <laughs> Yeah, I think headlines and, and the taglines with the media, are, are they're, they're quite dangerous and they, they are scaremongering. Jim, we spoke about, um, we were talking about that, that, but the changes in the space of a day and they're making headlines out of it uh, and yeah. getting everybody panicking. But yet by the time tea time or, or the end of the day come, it was back to normal again. Do you know what I mean? So um, sometimes you need to question where the media get their facts and where they base their, their, these headlines on. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I mean, for me as well... So I was going to say there, Jim, I think for me as well, the thing is they're saying 6%, but what they don't say is actually at the beginning of that, the statement before is the average is 6%. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want average. 
I want the best rates out there and you can actually get rates out there it's still under four percent so yeah <laughs> that's the reality isn't it yeah well let's take a look at that then I mean we've got here um we've got that statement here but look at the average uh, house price uh, 192,966 in Scotland okay so if we just scroll down and find out what it is for Fife the average price in Fife is 168,599 Okay, so it's 169,000 or 168, you know, give or, give or take. Um, so let's look at the best mortgage rate deals. I put it in there, 168,000 is property value. You may be going to put 10% down. To be honest, this is, if it's an average price point, a lot of five homeowners uh, and, and landlords as well will have a bigger deposit to put down because they have that's only assuming 10%. But more than likely, if you're moving up from a flat to 168,000 to a house, then you're going to have a bit more equity to put down. So I'm just I'm just basing this on on a ten percent deposit because you might want to put a little bit more extra to the to the house because you know house prices are still going for about eight percent over the home report value. Uh, Twenty five years mortgage term. And here we'll just scroll through uh, repayment um, and we'll no add we'll no add anything else. We'll just say we're a home mover. Update results and lo and behold, yep, okay, we've got five point one two. Now, that's two-year fixed-rate deals here. Um, so let me just uh, move that out a bit. Can you see the full screen here? Yeah. If I take that to not a fixed-rate and update, look at where the mortgages are now. Two years. Initial rate, 2.23, 2.7, 2.89, 2.9, 2.99, 2.993, 3, 3. And it's all, it's all tracker and discounted deals. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I would honestly, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna call out the government and say bullshit, and I'm gonna cover it. I'm gonna call out the, I'm gonna call out the BBC and say bullshit as well, and, and all these people. You know, if it was Twitter, if they were on Twitter with things like this, you would actually say this is false news and fake news, really, mm-hmm. because it's not really a reflection of what's actually happening. The interest rates are actually a lot lower for fixed rate and tracker rate deals and discounted deals. It's only the fact that the fixed rate going above six percent for a fixed rate, and that's the reason because. The banks are very, very nervous about the fact that interest rates could be risen. And this is driven by the Bank of England, by the way. Interest rates could be risen by the Bank of England. That's the problem. That's what worries the mortgage market. That's why they're having to pull or put the fixed rate deals up higher because they don't know what the volatility and the thinking is behind the Bank of England's thought process. And also, that then goes back to the government, who is actually selling us down the river at this point in time, um, and they're actually just pumping money into the system again. The pound is actually dropping the dollar against the dollar. Therefore, it makes the currency less valuable. It costs more money to bring in imports into the country from America because you, you need more pounds to buy dollars now. Therefore, inflation goes up as a result. Therefore, they have to put base rates up as a result. Therefore, guess what? Interest rates go up as well on mortgages. Got ourselves in a right pickle, haven't we? We certainly have, um, especially for the woman that wasn't it turning. Well, I would say the, I would say the UK <laughs> government's got a feeling like pickle, <laughs> and possibly, possibly Liz Truss has got us yeah. in a right pickle. Well, considering she wasn't turning, it's a bit of a, a massive U-turn on some of the statements that have come out recently, and I think that's what's causing that uncertainty, Jim, isn't it? Because there has been so much change in such a small amount of time. It's impacting every day in big strides, according to headlines. But actually, in reality, you've just demonstrated, actually, it's not. 
No, it's not at all. Because, I mean, look at the headline figures for the economy anyway, as it stands now. I mean, you've got, this is the unemployment rate. So the unemployment rate is sitting at, the employment rate is sitting at 75%, right? The unemployment rate, which is the one to measure, is 3.6%. Now, full employment is between 4 and 6%. This is below full employment levels in economic terms. So mm -hmm. we're in a great position in terms of the number of jobs um, filled in this country. Uh, there's also the case that there's 1.1 million people chasing 1.3 million jobs. And it's like, you know, and, and the Conservative Party leads, and I, and I hate to say it, I'm going to call them out. I, I've not got any gripes against any particular party, but you sit there and you say your campaign is all about creating jobs. Why do we need jobs? There's 1.3 million. There's only 1.1 million people available. So is this just a pure distraction for what's actually going on, um, the real issues that are going on, which is the fact that they're actually bombing the, the currency? which is actually affecting bonds, which is actually affecting pension funds. It's affecting all these different things. This this interest rate rise that has to be will also damage household budgets of homeowners coming off their fixed rate mortgages in the next 12 months. That's, a, that's the most important thing here. So how many homeowners are coming off their fixed rate mortgages in the next year? I mean, what, what's, you know, how many, how many, Perry, homeowners are coming off their fixed rate mortgages next year? I mean, it seems quite a large sum, doesn't it? But I mean, of the 7.97 million homeowners with a mortgage in the UK, 6.1 million of them are on a fixed rate mortgage that's wow. at an average rate of 2%. Wow. Industry stats show around 1.3 million homeowners are coming off the fixed rate in the next 12 months. But yep. even if they are, you've just demonstrated, Jim, if they tie in now, potentially, they can still get under 4% on multiple deals with multiple yeah. high street lenders. I mean, the current crop of, of fixed rate mortgage deals available today have already had the recent increase in the base rate priced for uh, in for weeks. That's why we're sitting there. But they're also pretty nervous. So, you know, these can be pulled at a moment's notice. But the only ones that are getting pulled are actually the fixed rate mortgages. The discounted and the tracker mortgages are, are still staying. They're fine with that. So while we're saying all these mortgages are getting pulled off, it's only 25%. There's 75% of mortgages still available, which accounts for, I think it's around about 3,000 different products in terms of mortgages. Now, at the last credit crunch, there was literally nothing available. And yet there's still about 3,000 right across the board. So liquidity is not the problem here. The problem is, how do we factor that in? I mean, the cheapest five-year fixed rate deal on a 65% loan to value um, was sitting Right, it was with it's with Dance Bank, right? Because I did it the other day. I mean, we had different figures because I wrote this article last week. We put it all together, and um, but I actually revised it for yesterday, and it's actually Dance Bank uh, which actually do that at uh, a five-year fixed rate deal. Just see if that deal still exists in the now. Uh, we'll have a wee quick look and see. I'm going to add that back on, and just see if we can get a five-year fixed rate and, and and go through this. And um, so just let me, bear with me as a. As a price this in. So five year, let's go for that. See if we can go a five year. So five year update results. We're going to go for a fit rate um, and update results. Um, and we're still, we're sitting at 5.04, right? So the average mortgage rate, um, remember, this is a, oh, this, sorry, it's 65% loan to value. So I should be taking that into account as well. So um, just let me jump on it here. Uh, one, six, eight, one, two, three. At times 0.65 is 109. Um, so your deposit is minus at 168123 is 58500. 58800. 58, 58, 58, uh, update results. And we are talking about Barclays. So Barclays is still doing a five year fixed rate deal for 65% for 4.5. 
Uh, excuse me, where's the six percent come from? <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst case scenario, wasn't it? Most yeah. homeowners have 65% loan to value in their equity. This is why it's important to use the instant valuation tool or get somebody out to value your property because when, when your mortgage comes up for renewal, you've got a new value for the property. So initially, you maybe took it out maybe five years ago. Property prices have gone up 30% since then. You've put maybe you've put maybe a 10% a, 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 a deposit down at the time, but there's 30% to add on to that now, so it's a 40%. So your loan to value is now 60%. Therefore, you can get rates like this for the next five years and lock mm -hmm. yourself into it. So I think, that's my, I think that's my most important point out of this, is the fact that you can get the really good rates right now. Um, the key here is, and we'll take it on the 3.92, which is Dance Bank. Uh, so let's, let's say, what is the difference, right? So what's the difference between mortgage payments between our... 2.04% mortgage and a 3.92 mortgage. Now, it's going to be slightly different if you do 4.5, but let's just say it's 3.92 because it was Dan Spank the other day. Um, say an average five buyer bought their home in 2019 on a 25-year mortgage. Um, they had a three-year fixed rate mortgage, and let's assume they have fixed it at 2.04%, as, as mentioned what we said before, meaning that the fixed rate deal finishes next month. Uh, they would have 133,900 outstanding on their mortgage, and their five house is worth, on average, around about 206,000. They would have been paying £570 a month for the last three years, assuming they took out that 25-year mortgage. And on the Dance Bank deal above, they would have to start paying £758 per month from November when they come off their initial rate at 100. So that's a rise of £188 per month in mortgage payments. I mean, that's quite a rise for a potential water household budget along with everything else, isn't it? Yeah, that's quite a big rise. It is a big rise, but there are ways around that, though, isn't there? Well, what what, what other things are, are people going under pressure in terms of their budget? It's food. Is there anything else? Utilities. Yeah, uh, utilities. We're coming into winter months. So, you know, not only has that gone up, OK, they've capped it, and they keep talking about this cap at yeah. 2500 but that cap at 2500 is still double what we were paying last year. So... Yeah, yeah. it's okay that they're saying they're capped it, but the reality is to us, we're out of pocket, aren't we? All right, we've been saved, but we've not really been saved. Exactly, we've saved it. It's like when they say, um, we're going to increase the pension age to 70 year old now, and, and, and the think tanks, are, they'll maybe think about increasing pension to 70 year old, when from 65, and then when they come back and say it's 67, we go, oh, that's all right then. <laughs> but they've just increased it by two years. Yeah. Exactly. They've got away to that. It's yeah. like I don't, I don't see how that's right, but this is what they do. This is why the, this is what the Scottish government did with the with the rents, Richard. We're going to do yeah. a rent freeze. We're not going to allow anybody to evict anybody with any arrears at all. And now they've come back the other day and done a U-turn and said, "Oh, but we'll do it. We'll extend the three months to six months now. So you have to have yeah. six month rent arrears." We're going to talk about that on Monday, Stuart. Uh, Monday, uh, Richard, on the yeah. wealth open show and the fact that the implications of that, but the reality is uh, that means you've got to do about rent for six months. I know, I mean... <laughs> and then you've got to apply to court, and then you've got to wait another six months for it to be heard, so you've not got rent for a year. So how do you think a private landlord's going to last? I know, I mean, we spoke last night briefly about it, Jim, and obviously the six months... I mean, it's an improvement on what we what we already had, or what we, we were thinking was already in place, but, I mean, like you say, you're going to be about a year down the line before you do anything. Um, yeah. Just to touch on the £188 for the difference, obviously, with the mortgage mm -hmm. payments, I mean, I think 
we're, we're seeing a lot of people struggle now or, or start to budget a lot more because of the cost of uh, utilities and food and I mean, people have started to think, right, this is what I've got outgoing. So if their mortgage is going to change uh, in, in, in a few months or next year, that's going to knock their, their budget and their spending uh, yeah. their spending thought right out of the sink. before the end of the month. Yeah. Live so paycheck, how paycheck, are going to be able to afford more utility costs, more food costs, Jeanette said it there, more fuel costs just going to say, for your yeah, car. Jeanette higher higher prices that you're paying for services as well because they're they're in the exact same position people at the subcontractors and self-employed people that come to work on your house or work on your car they still have to charge a lot more money i mean i've got i'm getting charged the other day from an electrician and it's something like for two people it's 170 quid an hour <laughs> it's like what <laughs> They cost the contractors. I'm in the wrong business <laughs> <laughs> electricians are extremely expensive at the moment I think it's not just the impact. Yeah, it's not just impact though to all your fuel bills, etc. As well, I think so. As well as people feeling under pressure with those items going up, currently the average person spends fifteen percent of their income on leisure activity. So what they're going to have to do then is say, actually, so I've got all of this pressure worrying about my bills and the leisure things I used to do that I enjoyed that took me away from my day to day grind in life and work and my downtime i actually can't fully enjoy that now because actually the money that i spend on that i'm going to need that to buy my food pay my bills add to my mortgage so suddenly they're basically working to live aren't they yeah, yeah. which is which is 15 percent the average salary the average salary part was 32,000 times about one five which is four thousand eight hundred pound uh, but that's you know that's four thousand eight hundred pounds when you think about it so that's going to have to go to that. But divide that by 12, and that only becomes £400 a month. If you've got the average mortgage and it's going for another factory deal, then you're, you're taking another 188 off of that. Yeah. So you're left with 212 By the way, uh, that's the price that utilities have gone up. Yeah, you've got nothing oh, left. Yeah, so there's nothing left from that money. from the And then you've got the knock-on effect that has to the leisure industry because everybody's just cut back from the leisure industry. Therefore, that's going to affect them with jobs and everything else. Um, but then that might mean the saving grace and the fact that you've got more people to fill these uh, current positions which are vacant. However, um, you have to make sure they're skilled enough to actually do it. And, and I said it this morning or maybe last night on social media and the fact that our failure to train our workforce for the future is, a, is going to come back to bite us as well. So the failure of the governments to actually have a sustainable housing policy over the years to build properly affordable and social housing is coming back to bite us. And then also a failure of the UK and Scottish governments to actually train our workforce and make sure there's adequate training out there. I'm talking about things like, and I'm, talk, I'm not talking about boots on the ground stuff. I'm talking about dentists. I'm talking about doctors. I'm talking about, you know, um, physicians. I'm talking about pharmacists. And these all, all these people are needed and they've actually neglected it for years and years and years about the, you know, making sure we've got all this proper infrastructure in place for things that like this, it can't happen. And people are getting older, and that's why we'll have to have all these amenities available. But it takes ages to to to, to actually train these people. I mean, as an accountant, previously, it, 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 I worked it out, would go on a stand and start and go to college, and then my professionals after that, it takes you seven years to become a qualified accountant. Mm-hmm. Seven years from a stand and start. So um, if you've got to be, and, and I'm sure it's the same for a doctor, and I'm sure it's the same for a pharmacy, and I'm sure it's the same for dentists. It's seven years. 
It's three years of hard graft or four years in university if you want to do an honours at the end of it. And then you've got three or four years in, in, in practice actually learning as you go. So then all these people are about seven years away from actually doing anything. And I'll bet you a pound to a penny, they've not even got the intake going through the now in order to sustain that. So we're just going to have further ramifications down the road. And that's going to, that fuels price inflation, that fuels salary inflation as well, which in essence, uh, it's not a trickle-down effect. What we should have and I'm going to get political, it's a bubble-up effect. Yeah? So bubble-up means, in other words, it goes down at the grassroots, the money, and then the money gets spent in the local economy, and then the economy then grows up from there. It doesn't go down, it comes up instead. That's where it should be delivered in the first place. It should be the prosperity is where the masses are, uh, exactly where the tax is as well. The tax is on the masses. The tax is on the 2% or, or 2 pence and a pound on every single person, it's it's in a big market. Putting 50% tax on a rich person is not going to make a dent in it. If you put 2%, 2% on, or two pence on a on somebody that's at the, it's at the basic level, um, it, may, it brings in a lot of revenue. So why would you then want to cut taxes on somebody at a higher rate if you can cut taxes slightly on the person below or, or you can actually inject more money into that lower end of the market uh, in terms of the number of people and actually allow it to, to grow? Um, and, I, and I don't believe in watering the flowers and leaving the weeds, as Liz Truss says. <laughs> After yeah, all, I mean, who is who's the weeds? <laughs> well, exactly. Are, and, are we looking at them right now? Are we the weeds? Maybe we are, Jim, because, I mean, that's one of the things she said, isn't it? She says people should be improving themselves and going out there and getting bigger and better jobs. But how can they go out there and get bigger, better jobs if they're not qualified or educated to be able to do the bigger and better job to yeah. give them the salary? And if they do, you've just demonstrated there how many years it's going to impact them. So actually, it does not change their position today. Yeah. It's and also the skill in the housing market and the fact that you don't have enough people to actually build sustainable houses. I mean, it's all great. You know, the Scottish government announced that we'll build another 10,000 social and affordable houses every, houses every year. But they've, they've failed over the last 10 years by 40% of their target to build houses at all, even with private builders. Even the private builders don't have the resources. They're screaming out for bricklayers. You see them? They've got big banners across their, their housing estates when they're building, saying bricklayers required, um, yeah. all trades required, uh, desperately. So, again, this is a lack of skill and expertise. We've failed yeah. to train a workforce which is going to sustain our economy in the short term and even and even in the medium term because it takes a while for people to come through. Brick Lane mm. isn't just putting a bit of bosh, bosh, wallet, wallet, dosh, dosh, dash. It's no loads of money, Larry Enfield, back in the uh, back in the 80s. That's not what it's all about. It's like it, take, it's, it is a skill to do that mm. and it's a skill to get the right proportions of the actual mortar if you don't get that right, then your, your house is going to fall down over a period of time because the mortar gives way in between the bricks and therefore it's unsustainable. And we've seen we've all seen that happen where the mortar starts to dissolve. So this is a skill that's needed in our economy and, and it's vital to our, our longevity and our long-term planning. And both governments have failed to actually provide for that. And this is the ramifications of what's happening now. So you're £188 on your mortgage out per month. Um, if you have to go into this new fixed rate deal. Yeah, if you, this is the key here. I mean, Perry, what is the key here? What, what, how, can people, how can people avoid this then in the short term? In the short term, I mean, the key there is actually you extend that timeline that your mortgage is over, isn't it? I mean, if you're at that age bracket and you've got that ability to do so, rather than going for your 25-year deal, there are 35-year deals out there potentially for some. Yeah. 
So, you know, that example that you've just given there, Jim, if you were to take that instead of doing it from the term of the 22 years, like you said, you could put that over 35 years and that increases the payment slightly to 586 instead of 758. But yeah. rather than it being £188 more each month, it's only £18 increase per month. So it's £170 a month cheaper. So yeah. it's something to consider, I think, when you are looking at remortgages, if you're looking at doing that in the coming 12 months, okay, you may not want to have that as a forever loan over that tenure at 35 years, but it would resolve your current maybe spending squeeze. Yeah. Can I just say this is what I did in the very beginning? Well, when I, I was just started, say... when I first started as a student, we talked about this before, Richard, didn't we? Yeah. I took all my debts actually and took the amount I'm paying every single month and worked out the cash flow I needed in order to invest. Therefore, I brought all the payments and I moved out the timelines and I consolidated some of the debts into one so it would actually be a less of a payment each month. Fair enough, it was maybe a wee bit more you were paying in the long term. But for me personally, I was I was able to then say, okay, it's only over the next two or three years. I'm a student just now. We need to do that. I'll get a job. And then when I get a job in the next two or three years, I'll be able to eat into that and actually and actually pay it down a lot quicker after that. So it's a short-term solution to, to alleviate your cash flow position to make sure you can afford your bills and make sure you can afford to eat and, and make sure you have a roof over your head. That's, mm -hmm. you know, that's the reality. That's exactly, it. that's exactly it. I mean, it will cost you in the long run, but in the short term, when you really need it, that boost to your cash flow really can make all the differences to whether or not you're able to live your life for the next few months, years, whatever. We just, just don't know about the, the longevity of this. But in the short term, it works and it'll help you give give you a lifeline, basically, won't it? Potentially. Absolutely. Profit is vanity. Turnover is vanity. Profit is sanity. And cash flow is king. That's mm. exactly every single time. It works for our business every single time. Cash flow is a lifeblood of everything. You need cash to do everything. You can't live on profit. You can't live on turnover because you've got costs to come mm. off of that. It's what you've got in your hand. It's the most important thing. So what has happened to five house prices, Richard? What has happened to five house prices? Um, well, the, the house prices, I mean, not many people judge the property market um, on the property market's health on house prices. And many people do that. But the yeah. average value of the five property stands at 168000 599. Yeah. Um, and that has risen 30.1% in the last five years. So it was 129,530 wow. July 2017. Um, so that's where it's it was. Yeah. But I believe there's a better way to judge the health of the local okay. property market. And I know well, you would agree, that, that way be then? You and know, I think it's to look case. at actual, I think it's to actually look at the, the housing transactions. Um, and People might ask themselves, why would you concern yourself about the number of property transactions um, and not the change in property values? Um, but I think it's important to look at the transactions um, that actually take place rather than property value wow. to, to judge the property market. And I'm sure you still agree with me on that. Mm -hmm. but, but why would that be? Why would it be? Why would it be important just to look at the transactions? What's behind that then? Well, many economists believe that the number of property transactions is far more accurate um, to obviously look at the health of the, the, the and the, the potency of the local housing market yeah um, there's a greater number of people moving uh, it's better it's a better way for the it's better for the whole economy and um, so what these changes are, are being made for then is, there's a smaller number of transactions whilst the same can be said for the higher number of house prices yeah 
It does, and, and it is quite important. I'm, I'm going to bring us back to this, uh, the, the Scotland house prices for July. And now the, the August one's going to be out soon. Uh, I'll have details of that when it comes out. But So I will do an update with that. But this is quite important. I mean, you see, and we see house prices rising, at, you know, an average at 9.9% um, overall in Scotland. And then you see Fife itself is 8.8% in the last year. It is actually dropping. Um, a year, a, you know, every month because it's it's now catching up with itself. So and that's fine. That's okay. That's what happens. You have the spike, but still, we're still more affordable here. See in the middle here. Um, yeah. we've got the, the and then here. So Fife is still really affordable in comparison to the hotspots, which is uh, Perth area yes, and then yes. over in Edinburgh. Um, then you scroll down here, and this is the this is the most important thing to tell you about the health of the property market. This is May 2021 compared to May 2022. Uh, year on year. Now, everybody says uh, it's like, you know, the market's declining, the market's declining. I, I beg to differ. Overall, look at look at the numbers for each area. Um, you know, you've got 221 versus 169 in Angus. Uh, there's Fife there, uh, 555 the year before, 574 now. So there's more properties in Fife sold this year in May than there was last year. And that's the bellwether. That's where you should be looking at. So, but overall, year on year, you had 8,752 properties sold in May over Scotland last year, and yet the May this year, it was 8,325. That is not much of a drop in terms mm. of the number of activity. So demand is the most important thing, which is the bellwether for the market. Uh, many economists believe that the number of property transactions is far more accurate for that. Um, and I think that as well. A greater number of people are moving home is better for the whole economy, because if you move home, you're creating business for other people because you're going to get, what's the first thing you do, Perry, when you move home? What do you, what well, do you start? So the first thing you're doing when you move home, depending on what your property's like, you've got a remover, you've got a solicitor, you've got a bank person involved in helping you find your, your funds if you need in funds. Yeah. You've got cleaner, perhaps, that's going to come in and do your cleaning, your oven. You're going to have a new Sky employment, so you maybe take a new Sky contract out, so you need your Sky guy to come out and do your new cabling. You need to switch over your electricity, your energy. I mean, straight yeah. away on those items alone, that's about eight things that involve other people and services. And what's the thing you moving Yeah, what's the, what's the most thing that most people go for? They usually go for carpets and decoration, don't they? And all your carpets, your decker and everything as well, and exactly. Yeah. So that's multiple stores. You've got your electrician, possibly, because you want to move or join on or, or create more plugs in the house because yeah. some of the ex-local authorities have single plugs. You want to change them to double. You've got electricians involved. You've got the smoke detectors, heat detectors needing to be installed because mm -hmm. you move property. You've got kitchens. Kitchen, bathroom, garden, everything. So there's a whole load of things that actually mm -hmm. do when you actually move a property. If you just wait on property increasing in value, it doesn't create anything. The value of the property isn't that important because when you're when you're selling your property, you're and you're in the same area, your increase is the exact same increase for the property you're buying. So mm. the only way you're ever going to make money on in the existing property you live in is if you're massively downgrading, uh, you're massively going down to a smaller property, or mm. you're maybe well. I wouldn't even argue now that you could actually build your property from scratch and make it more affordable because it's it's apparently it's a lot dearer to build a house now than it is actually to buy one. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that in the Wealth Patient Show as well, Richard. Um, so these are all the massive changes that they make every single time that somebody moves home. So the most important bellwether, I would argue then, for that reason, is the number of transactions coming through, um, which will which will, is the most important. So 
What's going to happen to Fife House prices? Um, what is going to happen to Fife House prices, Perry? I mean, certainly with the, the homework that we've done, we believe the growth in the Fife House prices achieved in 21. Well, better do a drum roll. Uh, better do a drum roll. <laughs> oh, my God, wait for it. Wait for it. Because I'll tell you what, you're maybe not going to like it out there, anybody. But this is this is what's going to happen, I think. In 2023, we just can't see it being sustainable, Jim, can we? Yeah. With what's going on just now and the impacts that that's going to make. You know, and the three of us have been looking at all varying articles that kind of are endorsing really that thought process. Um, I think in conjunction with the price cap on energy bills, stamp duty changes, because there has been a UK stamp duty change as well. No, it hasn't necessarily impacted Scotland as yet. Um, yeah. The reveal of the rise in the national, the sort of reversal of the national insurance rises, drops in income taxes, um, you know, it will mitigate house price reviews and potential drops in pricing or slowdown yeah. in pricing. Mm -hmm. So, What's your do thoughts you on that? Realignment then in house prices. I think there will be a bit of a realignment from twenty three um, compared to what twenty two has been like, and more significant impacts these changes will make. I think is on the number of people that will be moving. Just what we were talking about, but measuring the transactions yeah. over the next twelve months, and I think that that will have a knock on effect. I think for the sorry, Jim. Okay, go on. I, I was just going to say, I think for twenty twenty three. Uh, people really, I mean, from a sales perspective and a lettings perspective, people need to uh, maybe realign their expectations um, for sale pricing and, and rental pricing things because we've had a really, we've had a really busy 2021 and 2022. Prices have went a wee bit yeah. skyrocketed yeah. things, but we are going to start to level out a bit, and we've all looked at that. Uh, and people need to obviously realign their expectation and in, in line with that. So everybody's been talking about a 15 to 20% year-on-year drop in the number of five property transactions in even Scotland and the UK itself um, mm -hmm. into 2023, yet I believe it'll be lower, probably around 5% um, lower okay. than that. So I don't think it's going to be as as, as difficult as we've seen. You know, five is still extremely more affordable. Um, so yeah. I've got a funny feeling that more people are actually going to take the decision to move, in, move to five. I know it's going to put pressure on the five housing market, but more people is going to are going to move to Fife, I think, because it's more affordable uh, from city areas because they can work from home. So I think I think possibly that's maybe going to be the change next year. I think more and more people are actually going to realise that they could have just a just a, a as big a home as they had in the city, but a more affordable price, and 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 therefore if interest rates go up, they're just paying the same as they were in the city. But they're actually living in a different place. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm a biased probably, um, but you could literally live in the middle of five and be within half an hour of a beach on either side, um, yeah. or you know, right around it because it's 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 more or less five is more or less uh, would I say sea locked instead of landlocked? Yeah. Um, you know, all, the majority of five on the coastline. You know, you know the expression "every cloud has a silver lining" actually comes from that sort of scenario and the fact that. The silver linings are where the usually the highest price points are in terms of living, in terms of standards, in terms of house prices. That's where that phrase kind of comes from. Every cloud has a silver lining because it's right around the coast of Fife and uh, where all the key points are and the highest price points are. So I believe, and basically to conclude, I predict that we have a slightly lower house prices and fewer people moving in Fife, uh, but not in the way of a crash. 
uh, that many thought was on the horizon. And we're going to talk about that next week's midweek show, how likely is a house price crash in Fife itself. Uh, Before I I go, though, uh, let me share his thoughts on on whether... Here's a classic example with stamp duty. Stamp duty in England and stamp duty in Scotland. Stamp duty in Scotland has never changed with the realignment of stamp duty in England. So this is what happened with the stamp duty in England. Um, Is it a fair tax? Let's be honest. Uh, now, uh, now this is this is almost a topic for a standalone article itself and show itself. Some economists believe that removing stamp duty, which is the, which is a sometimes a problematic thing, which causes a problem because if you want to move, it costs you money to move, and that's what this tax is, stamp duty. So, in other words, if you want the market to continue to be quite robust and transactions to be propped up, that's why you need to to look at stamp duty and possibly even remove it. That's why the UK government, because their price point in the UK, and in London especially, is the average price point of 525,000. Could you imagine what the stamp duty is on that? Uh, we are in comparison to Scotland. The average price point in Scotland is 192,000 in Scotland. So therefore, mm-hmm. that's why they don't seem to foresee the reason. I'm not going to speak for them, but I, I suspect that's why they don't see the reason to actually move anything to do with the house price stamp duty threshold. Because first-time buyers are getting up to 140,000 tax-free anyway. They're not getting stamp duty on it. Therefore, yeah. the marginal difference for the extra between 190 and 140 is 50 grand. And it's only something like, I think it's 2%. So it's, it's 800 quid. That's it. Whereas in England, it's huge. It's massive. Um, so removing stamp duty, we'll come back to that. They believe removing it, which ra- it raises 14 billion in tax in 2021 and replace and replacing that lost income um the exchequer to the exchequer by increasing the council tax um on more expensive properties would do a lot would do a lot more than other intended tax cuts to boost the economic growth um according to some commentators the way the uk government taxes housing is flawed um that suggests instead of taxing an infrequent property transaction, which this properly is, which is particularly harsh, uh, the government should be taxing living in a house more, especially those who live in a higher priced properties. Does that make sense? I, I don't think that's fair. Because no, the, the way economists are thinking about that, I, I, so you've got a tax on living. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't think that's fair. It comes back to the cost of living crisis, doesn't it? The cost of living. All right, okay, so there's a cost of living. Can I not just live and not have a cost? <laughs> <laughs> so I have to, it costs me to live. It's like, wow. It's, you know, that's a bit weird and, and, a, and a bit absurd to actually look at it like that. So everybody, it, like that. everybody that lives actually costs them. It, you are a cost to live. It's, it's not a great way of looking at things. I don't think no. so anyway. Um, anyway. According to some commentators, as I said, so let's see how viable that is if they want to remove stamp duty overall right throughout the UK. In the UK, even if council tax bans was frozen, uh, the bans at A and D, the lower priced properties that is, and the uplift between the more expensive council tax bans was doubled on each step between D and H. Um, so a typical abandoned property owner would see their council tax rise from two thousand four hundred and seventy-three to three thousand six hundred twenty-eight pound uh, per year, and a typical H band 
will rise from £2,435 a year to £5,790 per year. This is almost like utilities, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Such a massive <laughs> council tax would be a political suicide for the wealthy Tory voting homeowners. And only raise, instead of, instead of the £14 billion they're getting now, it will only raise £5.28 a long way from the £14 billion that it's currently raised. Now, if the £14 billion tax raised were spread evenly over all the council tax bonds, the average bond due property would need to rise by £490 per year. See how it says about it's the masses that you get yeah. the money from. It's not It's not the super rich you get the money from. I'm no arguing for tax cuts, by the way, for the rich. <laughs> to be honest, you know, we don't, we don't want to eat the rich. And we don't want to screw the rich down as most as possible because then obviously look at ways to mitigate that and that sometimes they'll leave the country and they start, they start to live somewhere else. Because that's what happened when it was 90% tax on the rich um, yeah. when the, way back in the 70s. That was a crazy idea. A 95, 90%, 95% tax rate on the rich people. It's like, okay, so I'm working this extra just for 5%. I don't think there's an incentive there. So that's why we dumbed down our economy and, and it went all pear-shaped. Um, so even a band A would increase by £382 per year, something that, again, would be political suicide. Uh, yes, stamp duty is flawed. It is, it's just every other option has more significant flaws. So, I mean, that's just our thoughts. You know, it'd be interesting to hear what other people's thoughts out there as well um, and what they're thinking about, you know, if stamp duty should continue to be there or should we replace it with something else and what else would that be? Because we're kind of just showing that council tax, it's not going to work um, uh, doing that because it would be political suicide for most parties, but there'd be fundamental flaws in what happens. That almost goes back to um, the poll tax mm -hmm. and how that would be a great idea. In theory, you know, everybody should pay for the services that they use, but in reality, in commercial reality, that was never going to be possible to implement. Yeah, it's, it's even the bedroom tax just now as well. I mean, that was almost hampering other people who mm -hmm. perhaps for whatever reason weren't able to move from their current properties, A, because their life limitations or their abilities and mobility issues or there isn't another property out there that they could go for because there's no other properties being built that suit for them. So they're going to get punished no because there's no other facilities. See when, see when, well, that's a failure, the lack of the government to actually build affordable yeah. housing uh, so people can actually move too. It's all very well taxing me for the fact that I've got another bedroom that I can't use, uh, or another two bedrooms I can't use, but I've not got a place to move to. So I'm no, stuck where I am. In mm -hmm. theory, in theory, I, I often, I often, and I hate to say it, as my former profession has been an accountant, I often think it's just accountants that sit in wee rooms and, and come up with these ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and they have no commercial reality of what actually how that impacts on anybody and how that affects anybody in their day-to-day -day lives. I, I genuinely think that's what they do. And 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 I go back to saying what we've talked about before is the country seems to be run by solicitors and economists. Yeah. So what's your final thoughts on this, Perry? I think my final thoughts are that yes, we're noticing impacts, yes, we're noticing differences. But don't just look at the strapline headlines. We talk about it often, don't we? Look at the facts, go out there and investigate, get yourself a good financial advisor, because none of us are that that's on the show today. We're just kind of giving you headline news here in regards to the reality checks of what's impacting M5. So just get yourself equipped with someone that can advise you the best way option that's going to 
make your living easier. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Richard, what's your final thoughts on this? Put for yeah, in terms of impact for even by even by telling landlords and homeowners. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, I mean to piggyback on what you're saying there, Perry. Obviously, there is changes in interest rates and things, but especially like you say, obviously, I deal with a lot of investors and things who are starting to worry about uh, interest rates and mortgages and things. But they're maybe not as bad as the media is making out. And I think if you're in that position and you're at that point where you're reviewing your mortgage or looking for mortgage. Uh, products and things speak to us we'll point you in the right direction of somebody who knows what they're talking about and get you yeah. the best yeah. that you can i think you've hit the nail on the head it is actually educate yourself from yeah. the right people yeah. don't when you hear something in the media and this is the exact example a, a two-year fixed rate deal has now gone beyond six percent and, and well, it's like almost case. it's almost designed to panic people but the reality is uh, remember there's other deals out there it was just shown you a significantly lower yeah. And you can even extend your period if you want uh, to give yourself an alleviation in cash flow. Uh, one of the things I've got, you've got to bear in mind as well is, is just all about headlines for the for the um, for the media. They don't they don't care about anything else. Uh, I, I think personally, um, it, it will things will level off. Um, we will begin to get through this, uh, but I don't think listening to the the media is the great thing to do. I'm going to leave the last word with Magdalena. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting on you bringing that. Thank you very much, Magdalena. Liking showing houses that feels like I see movies. Oscar for you. <laughs> <laughs> and until next week, guys, is bye bye from us. See you on the Saturday show, by the way. We will Man. be talking about, I've not got the article right here, but I know we're talking about something about sales. See you on 9 30 on uh, Saturday morning for the next installment of the Five Property Show. Bye bye for now. Bye. bye all.